When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Of radio. That's the night that uh, th- that's the night that I told you that, like there was like a woman who could like squirt and she was she would like go to the oh, edge of the stage God. and she would squirt and there were dudes like literally opening their mouths oh, and like God. trying to like lap it Dude, up as it, it was like coming their way and I'm just like as a that, teenager it is traumatizing that, yes that is disgusting my friend I don't know I don't know if you went to Catholic school but I did as P- as patrons have heard and I am deathly afraid of venereal diseases and seeing people do that immediately went me go oh. And then I was like, I had to choose a seat after that. Where do I sit at this horseshoe bar that hasn't been fucking sprayed by like the pussy skunk <laughs> like all over the place? <laughs> so anyway, I don't like strip clubs. <laughs> Welcome to Super Movie Brothers. Let's start the show. Welcome to Super Movie Bros. I'm your host, Super Movie Brother Dave. I'm your host, Super Movie Brother Jay. And boy, do we have a fun episode for you guys. I mean, it's, it's, it's kind of a lot like the last episode and the episode before that. And But they're always fun. It's always the same thing. But to it's always us. Fun. Look, hopefully to well, you. it's fun to us. I mean, yeah. sex is always fun, even if you're doing the same thing every single time. Exactly. We're still going to make you come, is, 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 is what I'm getting at. <laughs> <laughs> the gift that keeps uh, so, on giving. This week's this week's episode, we're adding a new segment, uh, which we'll get into shortly. Uh, it, it's just going to be called Facts, and that's where I ask people, uh, listeners, to share their favorite movie facts with us. Each week, we'll read a different movie fact. We might discuss it a little bit, depending on how interesting it is. And at the end of every month, a listener will win. Uh, well, one of the four listeners, we will choose which one had the best movie fact, and they will win a sticker pack that I will mail to them, unless you're from the UK. Yeah, it's like a trivia thing, you know? In which case, I'm not mailing it to you. If you're in Australia, I'm not mailing it to you. I'm going to be honest with you. I will send you uh, the like uh, pictures of what the stickers look like. <laughs> <laughs> we'll but we'll I, give I, you I a shout out. You know, we'll give you some oh, love. For sure. But, for sure. For sure. Yeah. Definitely. I mean, so so that's coming up in a little bit, uh, and and uh, you know I'll, I'll give you guys uh, some information then on how you can submit your answers and stuff like that because we did a social media post this time because that's just like the low hanging fruit quick way. I don't want it to be that easy. I want you guys to have to email. I want you guys to have to call. And we do have a Super Movie Bros hotline if everyone remembers. Uh, so uh, I'm going to be giving out the hotline number, and that way when people give facts, I don't have to read them off. I can just play their audio right here. In the show, I <laughs> miss that fucking hotline you know? so yeah, much. Exactly. Also, you can say whatever the fuck you want on the hotline. So, uh, and and remember, we're an X-rated show. We go we go as deep as you want to go. You know, uh, we we are pack, we are practically the prolapsed anus of fucking movie podcasts. <laughs> well, this has always <laughs> been true. 
<laughs> uh, but also, uh, this week, uh, we got some news that we're going to be going through. Uh, we have a trailer park breakdown. It's trailer park. Uh, we're going to be doing the Venom 2 trailer. It's not going to be as long as the last trailer, but there are a few new things that I want to discuss. Oh, yeah, if you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> but the, the fact is, it doesn't look like it's shaping up to be the movie that me and Jay, or more so me, uh, really want it to be. And then, of course, we got our reviews that we are going to be getting into. So uh, I watched what Disney decided to do when Johnny Depp was in hot water and wasn't available for another Pirates movie. Jungle Cruise. <laughs> so, <laughs> Jay, what are you going to be reviewing for everybody this week? Uh, I will be reviewing Green Knight and also uh, what I've been watching. You know, i got a film out yeah. there. So, Jay, without any further delay, let's get into this week's news. <laughs> News story. Jay, this is this one's yours. Take it away. Take it away. Get. Take it away. What news story is that, Dave? Jesus Christ, your fucking Apple TV one, you fucking fuck. Jesus. It's literally the only news story you've shared with me. <laughs> because you're the one that brought it up. You said it was huge news when we were doing the Patreon. So I'm leaving all this in. I want everybody to know how terrible you are to work with. Jesus Christ. <laughs> no, he doesn't he never tell he never preps me. That's what it is. He just throws me under the spotlight. <laughs> It's no idea that I'm supposed story. to read this off. It's the only news story you've shared with me in weeks. <laughs> Jesus Christ. All right. Apple. Apple yeah. finally uh, landed another big property deal. Argyle. They got themselves a whale. So Argyle is a $200 million deal that you know will eventually hopefully start a franchise and this is also you know developed and will be directed by matthew vaughn with a great ensemble cast already casted starring henry um cavill uh sam cavill, cavill sam rockwell bryce dallas howard brian cranston Catherine o'hara john cena and samuel l jackson so really interesting you know ensemble stars it's this is all I don't I don't know what the tone will be. That's my biggest question mark. Right. Because storyline for Hollywood, what this matters is yeah. is that it's Apple finally using their money. Big time, big time. Yeah, I mean because Netflix hasn't been afraid to use their money to to, to acquire uh, blockbuster, but most of what they acquire is sh- what most of what they acquire is schlock. It's it's mostly yeah. what you know what if you're playing video games, you would call like shovelware. It's just like stuff to to fill. To, to pad out the 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 network um it's with with apple it seems like it's a little bit more of substance they want to go for more quality than quantity even though argyle it doesn't sound like it's the type of thing that everybody's gonna be interested in right it's not the big summer blockbuster it's nothing no like, i think it should something like I, the it mcu or the dceu or anything like that well it's it's a spy thriller jay so it, it speaks to you yeah that's what you're into not me so much but, but i'll check it out because i, think, I have I think apple tv kind of, and i want to use it i think they're going on the heels of the gray man you know the russo brothers netflix uh big movie with Ryan Gosling and, and Chris Evans. I think, you know, it's on the vein of that. It's going to be a globe-trotting, globe-trotting type of, like, Bond-esque, you know, fun, you know, spy action movie. I, I don't know much more than that. 
but I'm assuming that that's what this is going to be. It's going to be in the vein of that trying to, you know, utilize that kind of world again, you know, because we haven't had much uh, properties out there like that recently other than Bond. Right. <laughs> Next news story. RJ, here's an interesting one that, uh, that that came up. One of DC's film presidents has now gone on record uh, with Aaron Couch at The Hollywood Reporter and has said that James Gunn has more DC projects waiting for him over at Warner Brothers. I find this interesting, right? Because wasn't he just like last week and the week before, like, Absolutely lampooning the, the 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 superhero genre that it's that it's 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 bankrupt, you know, for ideas. It's gone as far as it can go. You know, it, it, there, there's no one doing anything new out there. Me and you talked about how that's more of like a marketing ploy for Suicide Squad, sure. as it is the anti superhero movie, quote unquote. Uh, or at least that that's the way he wants to he wants to market it and everything like that. But you found a Martin Scorsese quote that was like indirect contradiction to uh to james gunn's quote well not really it was an old um an old statement from martin scorsese when he was promoting the irishman and he kind of kind of bashed the whole like you know marvel cinema um you know, universe and how all those movies are just kind of not cinema, and you know, and right, and, and, what, and what James Gunn had said coming out against Marvel is the only thing that Martin Scorsese could do to get press for his movie. Exactly. He's creating his own, and, own and, movie and, and in he, the shadow of Marvel. He uses he's that not to get attention. To, exactly, he's not going to bash. He wasn't getting down, much attention he, for. He's not going to bash down from, um, you know, any kind of question. Yeah, but it's too... So anyway, that quote from James Gunn is from two years ago, right? When he was still very much employed by by Marvel. He still very much is. There's still a Guardians of the Galaxy 3 coming, which is written and directed by James Gunn. There's still a a, a Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special, which will be on Disney+, Plus, which is being written and directed by James Gunn. James Gunn is doing what master salesmen do. He's selling to he's he's selling the lie to one, and then he'll go and he'll sell the lie to the other, right? I don't think James Gunn thinks that that superhero movies are bankrupt. What I think is he thinks that some superhero movies are bankrupt. He probably won't say which because he can't get in hot water with either. Uh, but I think that he very much thinks that his probably is, you know, fresh and new. And if the you know Rotten Tomatoes score and all the all, all the critical reviews pre pre release of that movie or anything to go by, sounds like sounds like he might be right. Right, I mean, you know, sounds like he might be tapping into something with this, with this like anti-superhero type thing. Uh, but that's not nothing new, right? I mean, we we're getting the boys uh, TV series that's going into season three right now. That's clearly, you know, kind of like the anti-superhero, right? It's making fun of that, making fun of that genre, making fun of those tropes. We're getting, we've been getting stuff in that vein for quite some time. We've been getting superhero movies for quite some time. This is nothing new. It's just. It's just marketing. It's all what it comes down to. I, th- I think marketing. that's really what it is ultimately, and I and and it's just it's added pizzazz to the world that he is in and the film that he made, and it's apparently a bombastic film, you know. So it's kind of all part of it. He's not being hypocritical by by then taking another DC project when he's done with the Guardian stuff that he has contractually obligated to do. You know, it, it, he's not being hypocritical. He'll probably do the same thing then. 
<laughs> you know, who knows what those projects could be, but they they could be, again, something else that's in the line of like a Suicide Squad, because I don't think you get James Gunn and you put him on a Superman project, right? You don't put him on on a project that that is one of your big tentpole heroes. You give him the, the exactly what he has to play with. He's got the fucking dime store. Like, he's got the flea market bin of toys. Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, <laughs> that's, but, that's what he's but, been given. But also to breathe life into something right. as well. To perhaps right. you know, save a property a la I mean, Suicide Squad. Guys like Matthew Vaughn who who get the brand new Batman toy, they get the pulled out of the they get the pulled out of the package and it smells like that Oh, that brand new polypropylene smells so good. It's a fresh toy. It's fucking hot. Everyone wants that toy. But James Gunn is over there at the flea market, happily picking through the 10 cent toys in the fucking bin. And he's just like, you know, I'll take this King Shark <laughs> and I'll play with it. You know, I'll play. I'll play with this Drax the Destroyers. Anyone remember that? <laughs> you know, and, and, and he's fantastic at doing that. So I, I think that's exactly what DC has in store. Also, Coming from the DC and Warner Brothers side, you want to sound healthy. You want to sound like you're going to continue making movies in this vein because the pre-buzz around the Suicide Squad is that it's fucking fantastic. And you want people to, to, to remember that that's fantastic. And the fact that it's so fantastic, we're already greenlighting more pictures with the guy who made that shit. So go see that shit and then come see more shit. <laughs> yeah. It's marketing. <laughs> marketing 101. Create a product that people want, then make them demand more. Next news story. All right, Jay, uh, just keeping in the vein of DC here, uh, Cobra Kai's Zolo Meriduena. He is in talks to play the Blue Beetle in the Blue Beetle HBO Max movie, which is coming out. Uh, we don't know when this movie's slated for any type of release, but uh, Cobra Kai's Zolo Meriduena, uh, he will be playing... Jaime Ramez Blue Beetle, which is the one that's in the Young Justice. He's he's been part of like Teen Titans before and stuff like that. He's the most recognizable uh, version of the Blue Beetle, and I think that this is absolutely fantastic casting uh, because you know he he plays he plays the young kid in Cobra Kai, the very first student of uh, Johnny Lawrence. And he is like at that right like teenage age to play like a a elderly high school men like mm -hmm. junior senior high school year kid who uh gets a you know mad uh, a, an alien symbiote essentially like much like venom a scarab that attached itself to his back and gives him superpowers i think it's perfect i think it's perfect casting uh and i think they found uh an actor who is already proven himself on another series to come into a series that will probably have very much the same or a movie that will have very much the same type of comedy elements. Expect this to be like HBO Max's Spider-Man, uh, like, like like the current Sony Spider-Man movies that are going on right now. Expect it to be kind of similar to that. All right, cool. I'm looking forward to it. Next news story. All right, Jay. Remember TMNT? You know, they did like two movies uh, that were produced by Michael Bay. Yeah, they, they weren't great, you know. Uh, I, I mean, I was gonna say they they weren't bad, but no, they are bad. They were they were fucking terrible. I, I've only watched each of them once, and I'm I'm happy to never go back to them again. Uh, I would rather watch Turtles in Time, the third the third Turtles movie. Uh, if I keep going away from my mic, it's because I'm swatting a moth that just keeps coming at me. It's coming at me, bro, <laughs> all the fucking time. I don't know why it's coming for my neck. No, they're harmless. 
I know they are, but it doesn't mean I want it sitting on my face, Jay. That's your mom's job. <laughs> you just wants to be friends. Just wants to be friends. Uh, but anyway, uh, so so th- they were awful. I'd rather watch Turtles in Time uh, again, uh, again than watch any of the two Michael Bay produced ones. Well, guess what? Paramount has greenlit another Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie. This time, it will be produced by none other than Michael Bay. Again. Motherfucker. Mike. Michael Bay. <laughs> it's always Michael Bay. It's like <laughs> it's like uh, Silicon Valley. Always blue. Always blue. Always blue. Always blue. <laughs> That's what Paramount's doing. Always Bay. Always Bay. Always Bay. <laughs> uh, but this time me. it will be written by Colin and Casey Jost. So, well, uh, I am I am kind of excited about that, and it I, is I live action. It is live action, so I'm I'm actually um, optimistic now. It, well, I mean, the other ones were t- quote unquote live action, you know, more CGI than anything. But yeah, the, the last ones were were, were, were live action like as well. Old school '90s, like people in a fucking turtle suit shit, not. CGI turtles. Right, right, right. So, and obviously, you know, Colin Jost uh, with 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 someone like that coming on the right. Uh, I I think you know his weekend updates, like the everything he writes for that, is, is some of the funniest stuff that's on SNL right now between him and Michael Che. Uh, I don't know how like that sketch comedy writer like really transfers to being a writer for a TMNT film. I think they just grew up with the turtles like us. You know, I, they're I our age. So. I think it's just going to be that's what it turns out one to of be those things because, nostalgic. Because if, if you know if I hear like turtles cracking jokes about like Joe Biden's for you know foreign policy, I'm going to be like that's I know I, I know you used to write for the Harvard Comedy Journal. I get it, Colin Jost. You're a fucking smart guy. You're wicked smart, and you dip your wick in a fucking wicked pussy. All right? I understand. I don't need that type of comedy in my turtles. I need them to say things like cowabunga, you know, and that they're having a shell Where's of a the good pizza? time. <laughs> pizza dudes got 30 seconds. <laughs> Next news story. All right, Jay, this is a new story you shared with me because it excites you a little bit more than it excites me because it involves Martin Scorsese, who I love his films. I don't want to hear him talk anymore, but I do love his films. Uh, I, although, I, I lie. I do want to hear him talk because I love the, I, 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 I love the way he gets on like nervous and he, and he, and he pushes his, 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 his finger up on his glasses and he pushes them up. He's got those big fucking fat fucking glasses that look like my fucking grandmother's. I absolutely love the way he looks. <laughs> <laughs> and who is this? Martin Scorsese. Oh, yes, of course. How Martin Scorsese. Not? So, uh, <laughs> but, uh, you know, I, I, I don't like hearing his opinion on, like, the state of movies. I get it. He is an auteur. Like, yeah, he, he's old he school. He's an auteur. Quote, unquote, yeah, sure, superior sure. movies and stuff like that. But guess what? The theater system will only be made healthy, not by movies made by Martin Scorsese, but by movies made by people like James Gunn. <laughs> so, it's mainly, it, but that's. He that, can throw shade all he wants. But in the end, he, the theater he, system he, gets healthy by big blockbusters. It, the, He's not talking about health. He's talking about the quality of cinema. Uh, you I was know, like, yeah, he's talking about cinema, cinema versus theater aspect yeah. of it all, making sure exactly. that you know nothing gets lost. Because what's going to happen if every if all we made was James Gunn movies, 
there will be no good movies coming out forever. I mean, like I don't care, you know? Jay. Just I, I don't care. Fuck Martin Scorsese. Fuck you. Right. Fuck you and your fucking. I, I stand behind Scorsese because I understand <laughs> where he's coming from on that. It's definitely well, good. You know, good. why don't you skewed, go? But why don't you go hang out in the part of the park that Martin Scorsese goes and throws nickels at men to fucking suck his balls? I do. Why don't you go hang out there? I do. It's great people watching. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're gonna be sucking his balls, Jay. It's not people watching. It's fucking Gargo and Martin Scorsese's nah, old, he, saggy, and they probably taste like marinara balls. His heart was in the right place. So I. I so anyway, I'm, Brendan I'm in Fraser. Scorsese's camp, not guns. So anyway, Brendan Fraser has joined the next Martin Scorsese film, Killers of the Flower Moon. I feel like that's the way you have to sell that, that you have to say that title. Like, I can't come in with energy and be like, Killers of the Flower Moon. It's got to be Killers of the Flower Moon. Yeah. I think that's about right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. It's, it's, it's got to have a little bit more gravitas. So, uh, yeah, you know, it's going to be a whole lot more about this movie well, than I do. It's going to be a little bit more of like in a vein of like a Western, you know, mm-hmm. put it that way. And um, this is going to be starring Leonardo DiCaprio. And right, and it's also produced people. by him as well, right? Sure. This is the one that like Leo like got behind and produced, yeah. and it's well, and also coming actually, to Netflix it's co- as well. It's code, you know, led by Jesse Plemons, to be honest as well. Right, so they're kind of like the main co leads, and it's uh, it's 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 rivalry. It's, it's supposed to rival uh, Irishman in length, and it's going to be close to seventeen hours. Am I right? Uh, you never know. You never know. <laughs> you so, I mean, never it's. Know. It, you know, it's going to be a mystery. It's in the twenties. You know, I don't. It's not going to be black or white. Um, you know, it's going to be partially on the Native American landscape. Right. Um, it, it's going to be a. It might be a chore to sit through, <laughs> like the Irishman, but probably a little feeling. bit more it's somber. Be. You know, but hopefully, but Welcome hopefully to he's your able. Fifth intermission of. You know, killers of the I, flower I, I just, I just hope that he's able to bring that kind of energy that Fincher brings for his long movies. You know, ah. Fincher has that capability of having a movie like that and be very long still, but have this sense of like, I don't know. There's a, some kind of engaging energy to it throughout. That Scorsese, I think, sometimes can lack. A la the Irishman, you know, there's a lot of more ups and down, up and down, up and down, you know, throughout the runtime. Even though it is still engaging, it doesn't have that same kind of power. And then that's just one example, but uh, but we'll see, we'll see. I'm, I'm definitely interested. Uh, I'm really happy for Brendan Fraser's, you know, slow rebound, and he's kind of embracing um, his return with his big boy status. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the big hey, man, fuck. Fuck flower. I'm sorry. Fuck flowers of the killer moon. Yeah, but I'll tell you, I'll be honest. I have a very vague feeling that he scored this role uh, from good word of mouth from his Darren Aronofsky good film that just uh, got look, fucking filmed. I'm happy. I'm happy to see Brendan Fraser coming back. Called the whale. Uh, yep. I don't. I don't care what he's being put in as long as it's quality. And obviously, the Darren Aronofsky movie and Killers. The flower, yeah, uh, that, that's quality. But if you want Brendan Fraser off the cuff, then please, so they keep making seasons, go over to HBO Max and watch the shit out of Doom Patrol and watch him as Robot Man. I fucking love it. <laughs> yeah, I think this is his like version of McCon- like the McConaughey resurgence type thing. You know, his reconnaissance. It's, I think it's a little bit of that. I think it's a yeah. little bit of that. I feel so bad for Brendan Fraser because like 
like first off, his acting career started to go into shit because he was this dude who who had a physique, and, and a lot of what he was hired for was that physique. Um, and he got hurt on the set of, I believe it was the third Mummy movie, um, and that was tor- towards like dwindling of of his career once the Mummy movies were like coming to an end, but. After that, he went through, like, he couldn't work because he, he fucked his back up so bad. And then on top of that, he, like, he was going through a very tumultuous divorce. And, of course, he developed spending habits of a man who was making millions of dollars a year and, uh, you know, had to continue a lifestyle similar to that, also paying alimony to a wife who was, who had become accustomed to that type of lifestyle as well. I don't know what their split was about, so that's not taking sides or anything. That's just that's just a fact of the matter. So the dude like fell in dire straits for a very long time, and mm-hmm. he's slowly been crawling his way very back. Very slowly. And uh, and see, just seeing him here, I'm just like, you know what? Good for you. Good for you, Brendan Fraser. I I hope good things for you because from from what I've heard, you're a nice guy. So I like seeing nice yeah, guys. Yeah, I'm happy about that a little bit because I I honestly I, I honestly do not know much about him at all. I've rarely seen any interviews from him. I I don't know his personality, but I do like him as an actor, and I think he does have that kind of that pull on screen. You know, he has that kind of face. He's got that kind of thing. You know, that it factor. So. You know, He's also I'm, got that I'm, eye that looks in multiple directions exactly. at once. Exactly. Kind of if you if, if get find the right director or cinematographer to know how to enhance that. Yeah, you know, for the yeah, right exactly. role, it's going to be working. Yeah, it's he's he's kind of like that crab in Moana. Just pick an eye, babe. I can't I can't concentrate on what I'm saying if you keep. Yeah, pick one. Pick one. <laughs> Next news story. All right, Jay, this one's brief. Uh, I'm just I'm just pretty geeked, pretty stoked about this. Uh, next week, next Friday, uh, as of recording this, August 11th will be the series premiere of Marvel's What If on Disney Plus. But the uh, the show's producer has been coming out to talk about to talk about the series a little bit, just kind of like in the lead up to it. And uh, and one of the things that that she keeps talking about, AC Bradley, was that she kept bringing all these ideas to to Marvel and Disney and saying like. Like, I would like to write a story in the What If universe that cameos Luke Skywalker. And they were like, absolutely not. <laughs> you want the impossible. She wanted to get the Millennium Falcon in, in, in a scene. Absolutely not. <laughs> uh, and then she also pitched a story <laughs> to Kevin Feige and the rest of the Marvel execs. Uh, execs and apparently... After that story was after that that story was pitched, they forced her to sign a non-disclosure agreement because the story that she pitched was the same exact story that James Gunn pitched for Guardians of the Galaxy three, and that movie has already been greenlit. That doesn't follow. No, I wanted more. Oh, <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's it's a little bit of like a boast for like, hey, if you, like Guardians of the Galaxy three is gonna be so crazy, it could have been a what if. <laughs> <laughs> so appar- apparently, uh, apparently, AC Bradley, she tried fucking hard to get some of these crazy ideas in there, and 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 they they wouldn't let her. But uh, what she what she is going on to say is like some of the stuff they let her do is really really exciting. She threw so much at the wall with them, and and she got very little rejection. Like only these like big things were like the things that they rejected. So it seems like it's going to be a very very fun series to check out. Uh, season one is going to be nine episodes. Season two already greenlit, already starting the animation work on. Will be coming out 
next year in 2022. Also going to be nine episodes. So uh, me and Jay get to start our breakdown for it next week. And I can't wait. So that's going to do it for our news this week. Jay, you and I got a trailer park to do, buddy. Because Carnage and Venom have dropped their new trailer. So we are going to uh, be breaking down Venom 2, Let There Be Carnage, trailer 2 in this week's trailer park. Cut the beat and let the music play. No trailer park. Shout out to Dave and Jay. I don't serve, but there's a new wave. We've been on since Trish. God saved the right stop. I don't wanna flow until I know it has the bass drop. Alright, so I'm not gonna do like the, the full breakdown like I did last time. Like I already talked about who Shriek was. I already talked about I, I already talked about Cletus Cassidy and the idea that this is loosely based on the maximal carnage storyline. It might possibly be based on the ultimate carnage storyline, which was going on recently in, in Marvel. But one of the things that I, I skipped over last time was Detective Mulligan, who is being played by Stephen Graham here. We get more scenes with him. We got scenes from him last time, uh, as he was reading the Daily Bugle and he kind of has like an investigation board going going on behind him. He is apparently the police officer who's working with Eddie Brock. Uh, Eddie Brock is is interviewing Cletus Cassidy because Cletus Cassidy promises that uh, interviews with 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 Eddie Brock, he will he will divulge the location of the bodies of some of his victims. Hmm. So Mulligan kind of gets with Eddie Brock to kind of get him to go in there on this mission. Interesting thing about Mulligan now, uh, his character in the comic books also has a symbiote. He has the child symbiote of uh, the spawn symbiote of Carnage, whose name is Toxin. So some people are kind of theorizing here that it's very possible that Toxin may pick up the Spider-Man role in in Maximum Carnage, in that Maximum Carnage was Spider-Man and Venom teaming up to take down Carnage and Shriek. So people are saying that it's going to be Mulligan who teams up with Venom to take down Carnage in the end. I hope that's not the case. It's bad enough that the first movie ended with this CGI battle of two symbiotes just being glue uh, all over the place. If they're going to do three this time, I I I would just say like the laws of escalation shouldn't apply. (laughs) What about escalation? Escalation. We start carrying semi-automatics, they buy automatics. We start wearing Kevlar, they buy armor-piercing rounds. And you're wearing a mask. Lady, we should be out there snacking on bad guys. I am a predator. I need to be free. You have got to get control of your aggression, or you will get hauled off into Area 51. You live in my body, you live by my rules. I'm sorry! I don't know what came over me, please. Let me fix it. So I can forget it again! You are a loser. All I ever wanted in this world is carnage. Oh, shit! Oh, we going That is a red one! You need to come out right now. I will let you eat everybody! Promise! I promise! Oh, yeah! So some of the other different things that are going on here, uh, we get more of like Eddie and and the symbiote together uh, in, in what I would say is like 
more cringeworthy this time than even it was the last time. You know, we, we get him and, and, and the symbiote arguing, and he's just like, we're hungry. We must eat. And, you know, he breaks his <laughs> nose. He goes, come here. Let me heal it so I can break it again. And it's like, oh, my God. I don't want this the whole time. And I was I was talking to my wife, and my wife was like, well, like, why is it like this? Like, this isn't how, like, Venom is in the comics. And I was like, you know why it's like this? Because in the comic books, there's always been, at least early on in the Venom storylines, there was always a strife between between the symbiote and Eddie Brock. And the strife was that the symbiote had found the perfect host already. Mm-hmm. It found Peter Parker, and it attached itself to him, and right. Peter Parker rejected it. And it always wants to get back to Peter Parker, but it always resented him as well for rejecting it. Uh, also, Eddie Brock, you know, owner of said host, um, you know, is, is is basically takes that as I am the imperfect host. You know what I mean? So they've always been at somewhat of an odds with each other, at least in those early stories of Venom. But since they don't have the Spider-Man character to kind of add that element to it here, instead they 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 give them these rules. Also, like, that 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 the symbiote doesn't want to follow, uh, and it really bothered me that it's like here's a tire hanging from a chain, and now the Venom symbiote is just going to be biting on it because presumably he is a caged dog that doesn't have a yard to run in, so he's going to want to be destructive. And I was like, I don't I don't know if I don't know if I buy that. <laughs> I don't know if I want to buy that. I don't know if I want to see that. I don't know if that's like what what, what I really signed on for. You know, I, I it, it just goes and, and continues to show me that there is going to be this continuous disparity between the dark tones and the comedy. You know what I mean? I don't. It, the comedy's just not fucking landing, man. It's not landing at all. And the more and more I see it the more and more it's starting to grate my fucking nerves. And then I have to think about watching two hours of it. Well, you know, it's just one of those things where I think ultimately it still it still looks better than the first movie. It does. It does. I, I, Jay, I, I got to I gotta try and stay optimistic. Jay, this trailer ends with like them seeing Carnage, like Venom and, and, and Eddie seeing Carnage in the church. And Venom goes, oh, no, 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 it's a red one. And it's like, am I supposed to know what a red one means? I mean, I yeah, I guess technically, I know what a red one means. It means that they that it's a perfect symbiotic relationship, and that he and that that the blood is perfectly mixed. And we see that when Cletus Cassidy changes, because unlike Venom, where like it, you know the the head comes over him like a hood and then closes him and stuff like that, we actually see Carnage bursting out of. Uh, like bursting through and completely destroying the body of Cletus Cassidy. Like when he changes, it first starts coming out of his eyeball and then you see like him just shred apart as the symbiote takes him over. So they are fully symbiotic, uh, you know, in- incompatico or, or compatico. Um, so that's why Venom is, is extremely scared. But what really gets me is when he's like, fine, I'll let you eat all the people. I'll let you eat all the people that you want. And he goes, are you serious? <laughs> and, and he's like, yeah. And then, and then, and then literally, as if the fucking Kool-Aid man was bursting through the wall, he goes, mm-hmm. oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yep, and then you go hopping and skipping right towards the fucking monster to fight. The symbiote goes, and be the oh, hero. yeah. <laughs> yeah, I didn't, I didn't like it either. Uh, I, like, I was like, oh, Shit, did I, like is that a purposeful reference to the Kool Aid Man? Are we? Are you telling me that we're gonna break through through some walls here? Oh yeah! 
I, I, and, and th- that's the thing. Now I'm not laughing with this movie. I'm not laughing at your joke. I'm laughing at this movie because I don't think that it realized how dumb it was. Yeah, I got to look into the writer a little more. <laughs> I, 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 I don't know. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> so, I mean, that's some of the stuff that I was picking up on. Uh, you know, we get more we get more images of, of, of Carnage this time. We get more close-ups of Carnage. One of the things that I was wondering, like, there's times where we're seeing Carnage, where Carnage is, like, skinny. Like, we see him going through Ravencroft. We see him doing that that breakout or, 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 or whatever the prison was he was in. I know Ravencroft is where Shriek is, but whatever prison break he's breaking out of. And the guards are firing at him, and, the uh, you know, we can see that he can spread the symbiote away. And the bullets can go through him without actually hitting him, which, again, goes into that perfect symbiotic relationship uh, between them. But he's pretty thin. He's pretty skinny there. Uh, when we see him at the end in the church, he's bigger than Venom. So, like, I get that the symbiote can, like, can like change size and stuff like that, uh, but it doesn't change mass. So I was just wondering mm-hmm. that, like, is it, like, the more people that Cletus Cassidy kills – uh, since obviously the way he got the symbiote was yeah, by maybe. as this trailer shows us, it he bit the hand of of Eddie Brock, and and then he got the symbiote in him, which is dumb. I don't know why you'd go to a prison and put your hands on the fucking bars near a fucking serial killer. You, you're a moron, Eddie Brock. You deserve to lose your woman. You deserve to lose your cat. You deserve to live alone with this fucking dumb alien. <laughs> Uh, that that imitates the Kool Aid Man. Oh yeah, <laughs> uh, every anyway. day, all day long. <laughs> but anyway, he gets bigger, and we get those scenes where, like, uh, where where Carnage, like the one where he throws the guard up against the wall, and he shoves his tongue, gives him like you know, gives him that deep tongue, that one where like you have to push a girl off you a little bit, and you're like, whoa, 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 light tongue, you know, maybe go deep a little bit, but then back to light tongue. Don't keep doing the deep thing. Don't keep the not for me. Uh, but anyway, he shoves his tongue all the way down the guard's throat, and it almost looks like he's like eating his innards. And I'm wondering if that is how Carnage uh, grows in size, power, prowess, all that good shit. Uh, and I think like that's that's really it for for my breakdown. Uh, I, I don't want to get too too much too, too much more deep into it. Uh, There's not much to get just, deep into it. Nah, it's just a yeah, trailer. It would just be more speculation. And with these kind of trailers. Point, yeah. Well, they're going to be possibly not even having some of this material in the movie itself no it's very possible but uh the last thing i wanted to bring up jay did you catch the quick the quick clip of woody harrelson's cletus cassidy kind of like dancing around the prison did you see that yeah i don't think so it just hearkened back to me the joker movie and how meme worthy that was, and, and and how much that became like a marketing ploy that the fans came up with themselves, not even the movie itself, but the fans came up with themselves of the Joker dancing down those stairs. And right. I see them doing it here, and I was like, "Oh, you want you want to be that so hard? You fucking want to be that so hard that you put Woody Harrelson in this dance number, and you're trying to play off that." Okay, I'm waiting for the punchline. There's no punchline. It's not a joke. And to me, I was like, that's when I know that you are, just like James Gunn said, you're you're fucking bankrupt. <laughs> yeah. yeah. This old, crusty producer, like, you know what? Uh, you know, I like that Joker scene. Let's try like and do Joker that. Scene. Let's try and do that. Woody can pull it off. Woody's like, I'll do anything as long as you, as long as the check is signed at the end of the day. <laughs> Yep. Uh, it goes. It, it goes without saying, man. I don't know. I was pretty optimistic the first time I broke down the Venom trailer. I was very optimistic. This time around, 
I'm not, man. Uh, I, I'm still, I still want to see it. Um, I still want to see a, a, a Venom movie, but like, I think it's more of like the fan in me. That's like, I like the Venom character. It's one of my, yeah. it's one of my favorite villains. One of my favorite anti-heroes in the Marvel universe. So I'm just happy seeing it come to screen. And uh, I would, again, uh, yeah. I, I, well, and I'm excited on. for the potential for it to be better. I just don't think it's going to be right. So when they first announced this, I was very excited. Obviously I was really, you know, uh, we both were. Andy you know, Serkis, really, mocap, mocap really king, directing mocap movie. He was going movie. to right the wrongs, and you know, I'm really actually wondering, you know, if this is just shit trailers, you know, promotional gimmick stuff to get people back into theaters, kind of Jay, like the first so. movie, and it's going to so, play man. better theatrically. No. I don't know. No. I don't know. I'm I'm cautiously optimistic. However, from the trailers, both trailers, even though I said this second one I thought was a little bit better than the first trailer, I'm still ultimately disappointed. You know, I, I was right. expecting more. I was expecting more. Yeah, so, so was I. Uh, I mean, I, I'm still going to see this movie. And I could sit here all day and I can tell you about, you know, the ramifications of the season finale of Loki and what that's going to have on Spider-Man and what that could possibly mean for Venom and Morbius and all those other movies. I ain't got the time on this podcast to do all that. But if you watched Loki, you kind of get what I'm getting at uh, when, when, I, when I say the, the, the implications, because we know that Venom doesn't quite take place in our Spider-Man's universe. That's part of the MCU. It doesn't quite take part of the MCU as a whole. But with multiple branches of reality going out there, at this point now anything is possible fuck we're even doing an entire multiverse uh movie uh, or tv show what if uh that is now they and they did say i didn't bring it up in news but but i say bradley and marvel have said like that is canon so what if is canon so we got all that shit going on we got a multiverse of madness coming up and we got a we got a spider-man movie which is also going to deal with multiverse bullshit very possible that by the next Venom movie, should enough of you go out and see this one, uh, and Sony deems it, it doesn't matter how many of you go out and see it, Sony wants it, wants to make it happen, and they're just going to keep fucking hitting that square peg in a fucking round fucking hole, uh, <laughs> and they're going to make you want it. Uh, so it's it's very possible that, though it's not part of the uh, it's not part of the of the greater universe now, it very well could be at some point. All it takes is a writer who says, like, yeah, that Loki thing happened. So, now... It is. I am burdened with glorious purpose. <laughs> because money. <laughs> yeah. Laugh with me, Jay. Yeah. <laughs> it's sad, though. It's just fucking sad. I know. And this is exactly what Duty was kind of like talking about when, when we, me and him talked about Loki. He's like, I don't like it. And I was like, oh, I, I mean, I like it. And then I thought, started thinking about like now how easy it is just to write yourself out of like every situation by going uh loki season one finale right multiverses all over the place and it's like oh man you just you just wrote yourself into a lazy into a lazy writing credit for the whole rest massive. of the mcu's life <laughs> massive how's that even possible multiverse oh okay quantum vibranium multiverse words that we use in marvel to just make anything possible <laughs> So that's going to do it for Trailer Park. Me and Jay are going to be getting into our reviews in our What Are You Watching segment coming up. But before we get into that, Jay, we got to get into facts. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. It's the search for fact, not truth. All right, our movie fact of the week this time comes from Gemma. 
from the Cod Swallop podcast. So I I reached out to everybody on social media, both on Twitter and Instagram, and I asked them to provide their favorite movie fact. So you're going to be able to do this as well, listeners. And if you follow us on social medias, you can catch me on Twitter at SuperMoviePod. You can catch me on Instagram, SMB Dave on there. Jay, you can also submit them to Jay. Jay, where can they catch you at? Yeah, Instagram, SuperMoviePros, on Facebook, SuperMoviePros podcast, and on Instagram, J underscore SMB. So you can reach out to us on our social medias there. Or uh, what I prefer, and this is what I'd prefer, is if you use the Super Movie Bros hotline. And it is 267-590-9042. For international, that is 1-267-590-9042. And that's the Super Movie Bros hotline. Uh, so you just go on there and you leave your favorite movie fact and we will play it on the show at the end of every month we will choose which person had the best uh movie fact whether it's it's a funny movie fact interesting movie fact or just fucked up movie fact anything you want share share your favorite movie fact with us at the end of every month we'll pick someone out they'll get a sticker pack it'll get sent over to to them via mail unless you're international in which case you just get a picture of stickers <laughs> there's a picture enjoy it. but you'll but but you will get to you know reign supreme as a champion for for one month until we, until we get into the next month of it, uh, it's just I just want to do a little bit of like interaction with everybody. I mean, obviously, movie facts is like one of our favorite parts of the movie cocktail uh, episodes that we do. Um, if you if if you don't want to leave a message, uh, you can also record your own message and email it to us. Supermoviebrospodcast at gmail But Jay, this week's comes from Gemma. Uh, she reached out to us on Twitter, and her favorite is the snow. And the Wizard of Oz is asbestos. And one of my favorite things about this, Jay, is that well, let's just say well, let's just say Gem is from the Talking Cod Swalla podcast, yeah, based yeah, out of she, England. Yeah, so she will be able to, you know, qualify. Actually, receive some stickers. Um, I don't know if I'm sending stickers across the pond. She doesn't. Get them. She doesn't get them. She doesn't get them. It's too, too expensive. The post is too expensive. Yes. Too rich for my blood. I'll find some other way to give them something uh, if, if she should win. But uh, Jay, I, I had to explain to you what asbestos was. Which, well, uh, uh, I, as I, always, I love. I love when I know things I, that you don't. I I, uh, I, I, I I vaguely knew what it was in theory. I just didn't know in detail, and I knew you <laughs> would know. So that's what, that's why I kind of brought it is, up. Uh, you know, cancer caused by asbestos is uh, is <laughs> it's it's like a hot button topic. I feel like you can mention asbestos to like a four year old and they'd be like, "Oh, that's bad." <laughs> I know but, it's but bad, Jay's, but Jay's like, "I don't know what that is." I but did not say that. <laughs> I think it's I think it's funny uh, that like you know old Hollywood was like notorious for like poisoning their starlets essentially so that they would lose weight if they gained just like a pound or two or god forbid they had a baby it's just like drink this you're gonna shit that baby out and then you're gonna continue filming this movie like they were awful to to to, to stars back in the day uh but they, they, they were even awful when they didn't even know that they were being awful <laughs> like old hollywood is just a fucking wild west man it really you was did, you did anything you wanted or it's like hey man uh we gotta like blow up this thing and it's like how are we gonna do it uh, we're going to throw live grenades. No. Well, do it live! Fuck it! Do it live! No, seriously. No, live. Grenades. <laughs> Cowboy movies. It's like, it's we need to amazing. shoot that sign, and the sign spins around. How do we do that? Oh, he's going to shoot that sign. Right, but how do we make it spin? No, he's going to shoot that sign. With real bullets? With real fucking... Of course with real bullets. On a set? On a set, yes! Real bullets! 
<laughs> old Hollywood was just like, we, 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 they, they, they were so preoccupied uh, with whether they could, they never stopped to think whether they should. <laughs> and that goes into even dropping asbestos on actors and actresses. Uh, of course, they didn't know the effects of asbestos. That wouldn't come out until nearly the 1960s, 70s, and 80s. Uh, but it just gives like a whole new meaning of her like dying in the poppy field. Ah, oh, poppies. <laughs> she falls <laughs> to the ground. <laughs> That's asbestos poisoning happening in real time. And then uh, real quick, uh, that, that that's the one that gets submitted. My, my dad can just have a sticker pack, but my dad did submit one to me, and I liked it. So so I'm going to read it on here. I'm going to share it with you guys because uh, it's from one of my favorite movies that I think is underseen, and I want more people to see it. So my, my father shared one, which is about The Great Outdoors, 1989 comedy starring John Candy and Dan Aykroyd, uh, and I want everyone to check it out. Uh, but anyway, uh, in, in a scene where, where the two where the two brother-in-laws are kind of sitting on a back porch of their summer rental house um roman is drinking from a return of the jedi novelty glass which i believe you got from burger king and his has job of the hut on it and chester chet is drinking from a a novelty return of the jedi glass with luke skywalker on it and i i, t- I told my dad it's like kind of interesting because roman is a very gluttonous character he's, he's all about he's greed he's he's rich he's gluttonous uh where chester is very much the hit the hero of his own story you know what i mean like he's he's the father he's the one that works hard so his family can go on vacation his family should want to spend time with him they, they they should be grateful for this and stuff like that uh you know so <laughs> I thought it was interesting that each of those characters uh, had had these glasses and stuff like that. And I've seen that movie 999 motherfucking times. And I never once caught a Star Wars reference in it. So uh, my dad gets a sticker pack just because he's me, he's me, he's me dad. So I'm just going to take him a sticker pack and I'll drop it off to his house when I see him this Saturday. <laughs> so that's been facts. Congratulations. Don't forget. Congratulations. don't forget uh we'll be doing it again next week and i would love for people to leave us voicemails on the super movie bros hotline 267-415-6507 or uh record a message and and email it over to us please do super movie bros podcast at gmail.com jay what have you been watching what are you watching what are we watching he's trying to watch some illegal channel oh he's watching Go past this, past this part. In fact, never play this again. Hi, Jay. What have you been watching this week? Uh, not a terrible amount, but I did catch up with this old movie that I've been meaning to watch for a very long time, directed by Gus Van Sant, based on the true story. Um, from 2018, Don't Worry, He Won't Get Far on Foot. Uh, uh, I, I've, I've heard you've mentioned this movie before on the show. And I just thought the, I just thought the title was fucking hilarious. Yeah. Oh, it is, and I'm sure that's why it flopped. Uh, yeah. So, it's, yeah. but it's, it's also a guy in a wheelchair, right? Yeah. So you've talked just, about it, this, it, you've talked about this movie on the show before. I don't know whether you reviewed it. No, I, I, I definitely did. I never watched it okay. until now. But um, I remember you talked about it. Um, Joaquin Phoenix, he plays. Uh, this character John Callahan, who was a notorious alcoholic. Got in this accident, lost his, you know, his ability to uh, pretty much move most of his body. He was in a wheelchair and had to come to terms with his alcoholism and himself, but also find new life as a cartoonist 
and and find that dark sense of humor as a cartoonist and get published in the papers and he became uh, rather famous in that kind of regard so great ensemble it, it touches on a lot of different aspects of uh sobriety and coming to terms with change and coming from the darkness back into the light again and finding uh finding hope and in, in a new path of way of life so, streaming anywhere this is streaming on uh, uh amazon prime cool I, yeah. and you recommend it you're recommending it yeah for, it's an easy watch for the darren aronofsky it's, crowd it, well yeah it's an easy watch it's a guns it's a gus sand fan sand film you oh, know sorry. it's it's yeah, gus van sand gus gus van sand film and and um you know, it's it's not a must watch. I will say that, but if you have okay. nothing to put on, it's it, you know it's certainly worth a watch. And you know, it's based on a true story, so go for it. If this wasn't if this was an indie corner, I'd say it's the tale of a man uh, who has his wheelchair stolen from him, and he uh, seeks revenge on those that stole his wheelchair in a bloody rampage. Uh, you know, at, at the speed of a tortoise because he's crawling towards his revenge, but he'll get there <laughs> eventually. <laughs> He he is really funny on that fucking thing because that motor, that wheelchair flew. I mean, really fast, and he's zooming Same. around like no other. All right, man. Uh, so uh, real quick, I, I I got down to watching some trash TV, just some absolute trash. And sometimes trash is nice. Like it's 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 shut your brain off. You know, I'm like I'm just a raccoon digging through the trash can. I'm, I've never been happier. Uh, me and my wife, we finished up Game of Thrones. Uh, I'll be honest, Game of Thrones, it doesn't sting so much. You know, w- watching that 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 uh, series finale the for for the second time. Uh, you know, I've gone through the series a bunch of times leading up to that eighth and final season, but I've never gone back and watched the eighth season after watching the whole show. Don't get me wrong, I don't agree with everything that happened in it. I don't like everything that happened in it. However, I'm just saying it stings less, and everybody knows who's been listening to the show. That's kind of like my mantra: a bad movie stings less uh, over time, and you find good things about it to enjoy. Hence, why I, I'm still excited for Venom two, even after the original Venom, because I think every time I've seen Venom from here on out, it's like it stings less. It's not as bad because I I can just ignore the bad parts and watch the good parts. <laughs> Uh, but me and my wife decided like it's just time for true shut your brain off veg out TV. So we watched two shows of a similar vein. We watched Too Hot to Handle season two on Netflix. Uh, this is the show that that puts a bunch of hot young singles onto an island and then tells them no sex, no kissing, no masturbating, no nothing. There's a hundred thousand dollars in a pot. That one person will get the win at the end, but anybody who breaks those rules and starts taking money from said pot, it is melodramatic. It is ridiculous. These people are the most vapid, shallow, awful people, and you will get you will get to watch their personalities evolve a minuscule amount by the end of the show. <laughs> it's just fun to watch. So you become a better person from not ejaculating. <laughs> uh, I don't know if you become a better person. I said a minuscule amount. Like, right? Well, we're, technically, we're, 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 we're talking about like, like maybe your mama made you go to church, and you're like, you know what? Maybe I won't be so much of a dick, and that lasts for about a week, and then you're like, nah, I'm much happier being the dick. I fully expect that all these people will turn to their wicked lives. Like they're all like Instagram influencers and models and stuff like that. So um, they really play up on the vapid, shallow nature of most of them. I don't think that all of them are really as bad as they portray them on the TV, but they're producers and they want to make entertaining television. And this is what's entertainment. And it, it, it truly is. Uh, if you're if you're not into trash TV, obviously ignore it. But if you've watched like The Circle and you've watched like other things of this vein, 
definitely check it out. But one that I enjoyed more than Too Hot to Handle, it is new to HBO Max. It's called F-Boy Island, I believe. (laughs) I heard about that. F-Boy something. So essentially, three single women uh are 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 there on the island to find to find a man and they have to sift through the 24 candidates that are put in from them uh several of them are 12 of them are fuck boys 12 of them are nice guys and they're going to have to eliminate the 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 uh the f boys the fuck boys uh and 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 try to leave it down to just the nice guys uh but one of the things that i love is like they never shine a light on the women like in a negative way and that's fine but like the women are very shallow like they 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 are very shallow like one of them is an instagram influencer the other one's like a uh a designer and stuff like that the other one's a fashionista <laughs> so it's like they they are shallow by nature and I they think are clearly that's what t- turned me away from it because that's exactly what my takeaway was so i'm like those yeah. three girls are not attractive to me so why no, would no, i care no. Yeah, about exactly. Watching my, these dudes fucking around. My wife was like, my wife was like, I mean, are they pretty to you? And I was like, only the one. And I was like, she's 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 pretty, but I mean, like, then you hear her talk, and she's like, oh my god, that guy. Like, did you see his arms and like his beard and like his hair? And I was like, oh my god, like you're, they are literally selecting men based on their looks, and that's fine. Men have objectified women for so long. Let's get a little bit of TV where, where women are objectifying men. I don't care. I was entertained by this trash. Uh, and, I, and I have a lot of fun sitting there guessing like at the end when they're eliminating somebody and they're like, are you a nice guy or are you a fuck boy? And, and, and he's like, I'm a f- I'm a nice guy. And it's like, oh, you guys keep eliminating the nice guys. <laughs> Stop doing that. You're leaving yourself with just fuck boys. Because <laughs> they got no uh, game. They can't talk the talk. It's wonderful trash TV. Honestly, truly wonderful <laughs> uh any first three episodes were up on hbo max and me and my wife watched it uh by this friday the fourth episode will be out i will it, it will be part of my friday watch list <laughs> for sure i am gonna watch the, i'm gonna continue watching the shit out of this trash i don't care it's fun i love it <laughs> all right Jay, what else did you get down to watching this week i got myself to the theaters and saw a proper indie ditty called the green knight Oh, so we have to we have to put on your square frame glasses. You have to put on your suspenders and snap them just right, just like that oh. that 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 indie guy that we saw standing uh, right next to us that broken oh, goblet on Friday. Core. Oh my god. We are talking slacks up to the navel uh, in with checkered pants, with suspenders on, uh-huh. over top of a t-shirt that he's owned since high school, uh-huh. uh, with with a curled mustache uh-huh. and glasses uh-huh. with <laughs> Mop top we're not even hair. lying. We're we're not, not lying. even lying. <laughs> this dude looked exactly like I described Jay for Indie Corner. So Jay, go 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 do your best cosplay of that guy. Pour yourself a bourbon neat and let's get ourselves into Jay's Indie Corner. RJ, you got yourself out there and you saw David Lowry's. Yes, Green sir. Night. Mr. David brought to Lowry. Us by, brought to us by A24, which 
you've been gargling the cum of A24 since they started, uh, you know, or since they became like a, a bigger, a bigger movie house. Uh, probably about well, like, from the get- from, from, from the, the past, from past the eight years. Go, I was, but yeah. you know, as people should, you should be gargling it. It tastes good. Um, and yeah, you know, they drink their pineapple juice. Yeah, that's for sure. Exactly. Um, <laughs> you know, now it's now since I'm actually dating, I make sure I have a, a you know a, a glass every morning. Stop <laughs> it. Women, women, do women are not eager to swallow your cum. All right, Jay, just 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 be a good boy that's, and, that's and what, put it that's somewhere. That's what you say, David. Ask them politely where where, where they'd like it to go. <laughs> I <laughs> do. <they> say, <laughs> I do. I do. Where would you prefer me to finish? Because honestly, as a man, I don't really care where I finish. I actually prefer that you direct me where to finish because I'll just do it anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so he, uh, David Lowry's behind A Ghost Story, Pete's Dragon, The Old Man and the Gun, Ain't the Body Saints. So he's done some interesting properties. Um, I loved Pete's Dragon, man. Made me cry. I uh, Honestly, I think it's one of the undersung Disney movies that has come out in like the past decade. And I, Pete's Dragon I've, was really I've heard that quite a bit from people. And this stars Dev Patel. And this well, don't get into it because it's an indie corner, Jay. I got to okay. do my fake synopsis. Yep, go you got to jump Sorry, into it. Sorry, go ahead. So, Green Knight is the story of of a man who starts a a a grow facility in his local impoverished neighborhood. He opens up a medical marijuana dispensary connected to this grow facility. Uh, he starts to begin to make money, and what happens is, uh, you know, the 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 violence that goes on in and around his neighborhood. He's decided that it's enough. He's made enough money that he can fund himself as a superhero who goes out there and defends his neighborhood against the ne'er do wells. Uh, and of course. Everything about the Green Knight is weed related. We're, well, I'm, 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 ba- I'm basically pitching Blunt Man and Chronic. I realize that. I, 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 after I just started saying all this, I realized that th- this is Blunt Man and Chronic. <laughs> but he wears he wears a, a green clad outfit and goes out there and fights crime with you know bong nunchucks and <laughs> other just picture Batman, but like <laughs> a stoner Batman. <laughs> He's the Green Knight. <laughs> that that's what I got for a fake synopsis. Uh it would have I was gonna go longer with it and until I realized I was I was pretty much doing blunt man and chronic without even realizing yeah. that I was doing it. And now that I do, Kevin Smith has uh yep, he just uh served me with a cease and desist order. So uh that it happens that quick. Uh well, he did it he did an Instagram post uh where where uh, he's yeah, he came clerks. over Route One across the border, and yeah. uh, he came over and dropped it off at your house. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, exactly. So he's filming. He's filming uh, Clerks Three right now in Atlantic Highlands, his 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 old his old uh, stomping grounds, his old home. Uh, and while they were filming, uh, three little girls set up a lemonade stand, and they put up signs that they are the next generation of clerks. Uh, and he said that they were very industrious little girls because it was actually a hot day, and they were all filming outside. So many of the crew had dropped their coin on their lemonade stand, and he was very happy to go there buy his lemonade and leave his cease and desist letter <laughs> with the little girls <laughs> because they were they, they they were essentially touting themselves as as the junior clerks <laughs> mm. obviously he's kidding but uh i thought that that was funny so uh clerks three's coming out that's fun it is fun all right, Jay. Uh, David Lowey's Green Knight. I'm hearing a lot of buzz about this. Um, I, I'm, I'm not reading reviews, uh, but I, I've spoken to a few people on Instagram, other movie reviewers that, that that do like brief reviews and stuff like that. And some of them that I trust, and I trust the reviews a little bit more than you because they like a lot of the same movies that I like. They are saying it's fantastic as well. So, 
You tell me a tale of yourself. So that I might know thee. None to tell yet. Yeah, um, you're not going to find too many negative ones, to be honest, I think, out there. But um, ultimately, this is a fantasy, and, you know, it's a grounded fantasy that is shot immensely gorgeous. I mean, it's it's phenomenally shot. And um, honestly, that's my biggest fear of this movie is that like I know it looks gorgeous. I I've seen the posters. I've watched I've watched several of the trailers right now. Uh, I love Dev Patel and and he's a gorgeous man. And, and and every visual and still I've seen from this is fucking gorgeous. It still looks like this is going to be boring as fuck to me. And it will be. Because that's my biggest problem about this movie is as good as it is technically and as simple as the story is and the fantasy of it all, you know, and the twists and turns and the craftsmanship and choices that is done later on in the film, especially because the middle drags for me, um, you know, this was, you know, I did have a couple of drinks before I saw this movie, so maybe that didn't help. But the point is, like, I was struggling. Because this is a drag of a somber two hours, and there is a lot of interesting things in this movie, and it's and it, and it, and, it, and it talks and a lot of themes of honor. And Can I ask, based on trailer alone, how many landscape shots are there? Oh shitload of them are you kidding me i'm saying are there, are there a good bit because i saw like I, I kind of like in the trailer like at least like three panning landscape shots of the green knight going on uh, well, journey he's going half on. the movie you're in, in landscaped areas i mean you know you're, you're on this journey finding the green knight so essentially this is not a spoiler the green knight comes to court to, to, to play a game to challenge any knight you strike a blow on me you reap the rewards of my, you know, uh, you know, bragging, whatever. You get my axe. You have my sword. And you have my bow. And my axe. I don't know exactly what the rewards were for that. But I get it. It's, 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 it's based I on an old to, epic poem, correct. I, I get correctly. to I get to embark on the exact same strike one year from today. Christmas. And... um. And and he and he just bows down. He essentially gloats and 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 well and, and one Sir of the takers Gowen to chop and, his head saying, off. One of the takers up of the uh, of the uh, of the of the challenge is Sir Gawain, who is a who is a sworn knight to King Arthur, who is the Patel, which was never said in the movie. So you do not know it's King Arthur, and you don't know that he has you know. Um, but I do because I know this story. I, I know, but not everybody does because they don't say. I read it this movie. story in English lit, right? Well, <laughs> when they, I was in they, college, they don't. So, you like, know, I know. They don't. They don't say it in detail in the movie, which I do respect a lot. I'm happy they didn't do that. Um, but um, you know, it's it's and 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 he kind of laughs his way out back to his uh, to where he's going to stay at, and you know, it's one of those interesting things where it 
it's a character study for sure in some regard, and I think there's a lot of it is up to interpretation at the end for sure. So essentially, he strikes his blow, and then we are left to wait in suspense for a year until the Green Knight returns. No, Dev Patel okay. has to go out six days and go find him because it's an honorable thing. You have to be a man of your word. You have to face this game that you chose to play that the Green Knight offered. Okay. To go and find him out, and he has to reap the same strike that you bestowed upon him. And he decided to chop his head off like a dumbass, and now he has to get his head chopped off as well. And it's about that But you're not spoiling whether he gets his head chopped off or not. No, I'm not. I'm not. But that's the game. And and, um, The game's afoot. And, you know, you see the journey to try and find him and the characters that he comes upon the way. And it does lead into a little bit more of a heavily uh, fantasy element, I would say. Um, oh, yeah, very clearly. If you've seen Steel Avengers of the Green Knight, yeah. which they have released in the trailer, Well, which now. is a real guy. That was a real guy in makeup. That's not CGI. So, Oh, I know. I know. Oh, I know it's not CGI, yeah. but it is It is a fantasy element to, right. to the Green Knight in and of himself. Right. But it, there's, you know, I admire this movie a lot, and I did like it a lot, and I do want to rewatch it, and I, 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 I love a good movie that warrants a great conversation after the fact with somebody. Um, a good movie. Yeah. So this is an A minus for me. Uh, mainly. Wow. See, it's funny because you said that it was, it was tedious. It, 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 you know, it, it, it took a lot and for you to, to enjoy it, but that's but what is, you, that's what struck it off. Those okay. two notches all from an A plus to an A down to an A minus was simply because of that fact alone. Everything else was fantastic. Everything else what he's was saying fantastic. is the film is so gorgeous. The cinematography is so great and every every aspect of its visuals are so good that that gets you through even the most boring moments because you're like, I know we're getting a sweeping. I know we're getting a sweeping landscape shot. And it's gonna be gorgeous. I'm gonna come in my well, pants, and I can't wait for it. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, I mean, I mean, that's not the only reason. I mean, you want to know what's gonna happen at the end. I mean, like it's you know, it's the journey. You know, when you're, True, you're, yeah. you're, you know, that's a big part of it as well. I love these old epic poems, which is why, like, I was so like, I was so distraught when I saw Beowulf because that's like, I, I, that was like one of my favorite like epic poems that I was forced to read, and I really enjoyed it. Yeah, like, uh, along with like the Iliad, the Odyssey. And stuff like that yeah i used to like getting these getting these uh getting these uh assignments uh in school and stuff like that because it it, it, like you're reading something that's that's written in a language that you completely understand Mm -hmm. but the words don't make a lick of fucking sense to you because old english doesn't translate to, to to modern english whatsoever uh but uh it's 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 always fun to to read and stuff like that and and i remember reading that that like this story is based on one of those epic poems and i'm pretty sure i read this in college so um and the, I was and the language is you know you could you could pick it up you know, oh it's, yeah it's, no it's no for sure you can you can no but i i was intrigued to watch this and then i was like man i really want to go to the theaters to see this this is not something that i, I want to really like catch on my home screen and stuff like that because i've talked about that like even though i prefer to watch movies at home i i there's certain movies that i wanted to go to the theaters to see and after watching the trailers for this i'm like i 100 know that i want to go to the theaters to see this and i couldn't get myself after this weekend because i had a movie that i could review myself yeah and i didn't have to leave my couch to do it well, Jake, I got I a free watched. ticket for you if you need to go. So l- oh, let me know. Oh, it, it, it's it's more of a time issue more so than a money. Issue. I know, I know. <laughs> Just saying. Uh, but uh, I got to keep my fat ass right at home and sit on the couch, and I got to watch myself some Dwayne the Rock Johnson in Jungle Cruise. 
what's out there in the jungle. It's not a fun vacation. Well, I'm not here for a vacation. Oh, God, sorry, Frank. Sorry, strong form. <laughs> here we go. Oh, I got you. Frank? I got it. Frank? I don't got it. Disney's Jungle Cruise in theaters July 30th. For parents, you can order it on Disney Plus with Premier Access. Rated PG-13. So, Jungle Cruise follows a young, smart doctor of botany who uh, brings her brother along to a exotic land uh, where she hires a rough, gruff, buff uh, guide to take her to a destination so that she can find a mystical object. And if that sounds like the plot of the mummy to you, it is. This is the plot of the mummy. Jungle Cruise is the plot of the mummy. <laughs> Emily Blunt, Rachel Weisz. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> Jack yeah. Whitehall, whatever the guy's not, whatever the guy's name was who played her brother in the Mummy. Uh, the Rock is also uh, is is also Brendan Fraser. <laughs> it's the story of the Mummy. But wait, there's more because not only is it the Mummy, it's also Pirates of the Caribbean. Why? Well, because most of the, most of the movie takes place on water, uh, and also the the protagonist uh, is not quite all he seems. They are they are going up against not only uh, Germans, which if you're talking about Pirates of the Caribbean, we're talking about the British, uh, but in this case, you're going up against Germans during World War during World War One. Uh, you know, the, Dwayne the Rock Johnson is playing the captain, uh, much like Johnny Depp was was the captain of the ship in Pirates of the Caribbean, and then uh, they are fighting a crew of a former uh, a, a former expedition that went in to to the Amazon jungle that were looking for this artifact uh this this petal that grants either immortality or heals anything whatever it does uh and they all succumbed to a curse which has cursed them to be part of the jungle one of them is snakes one of them is bees one of them is 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 uh vines another one is mud or muck and stuff like that uh and of course Dwayne the Rock Johnson much like Jack, much much like Jack Sparrow shares the curse of the rest of the crew of the Black Pearl with them. <laughs> it's pirates! It's pirates! We couldn't get Johnny Depp because there's so much legal issues nah, around him. His 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 waters are a little muddy, so we just went to 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 Dwayne the Rock Johnson, and we're like, "You want to do a pirates movie?" He goes, "Well, no, I don't. I don't think I could do that." And they're like, "Oh, don't worry, you don't have to do that." We're just going to write another Disney ride in the exact same vein that we did Pirates. I'm not knocking Disney for doing this at all. I think that their their theme park rides, there's a lot to mine there for, uh, for, for some decent stories. And honestly, Jungle Cruise, it's just that. It's decent, man. It's decent. It's fine. I, I I had I had a lot of fun with it. I had a lot of laughs. Uh, it, it's it's that type of summer blockbuster, you know, action comedy movie, much like the other two movies that I'm comparing it to. It's just like The Mummy. It's just like Pirates. And there's nothing wrong with that. You know, th- this type of movie, it's it's a ton of fun. It wants to be Indiana Jones, but it's just not good enough to be. But it's the next best thing. It's it's pirates. It's just it's just a fun time. It's fun. It's nothing special at all. I, I don't want to get like too deep into it. But I but, heard like uh, the CGI uh, is much more subpar than you would expect from 
movies it nowadays. Very much, it, it, it very much is, and I'm not sure if at some point in post-production they had already known that it was going to be getting this half theater, half half uh, Disney Disney premiere plus or Disney plus premiere uh, release, because from what we thought, this was getting released in theaters wholesale. Right up until about like a month ago, they started announcing that it was going to be released on on Disney Plus Premiere, uh, same day and date as it's going into the theaters. And I think that that probably has to do with the success that Black Widow had on Disney Plus Premiere Access. And I think they decided once they got a good a good chunk of change on Black Widow uh, for for being on Disney Premiere uh, on Disney Plus, they were like, all right, we're going to put this on Disney Plus as well. Uh, and they did. And it did. $30. You could sit there with the whole family. You can watch this. You can watch this with the whole family. I will probably show this to my daughter this weekend because I really think she'd like it. And honestly, I like Emily Emily Blunt's character in the movie. Um, I, I, I do find some moments of her like annoying, but she is in no way like a Mary Sue or anything like that. I, I, I think it's it's nice to see a, a, a strong but not overly strong female character who is smart and 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 they have this great like sub you know a subplot where she is trying to to appeal to like this adventurers club who her father used to be a part of and get them to fund her mission to the amazon so that she can go find this thing and they immediately rejected her because she was a female uh, so there, there's like this subplot to it where she's kind of thumbing the nose at the men and the establishment and stuff like that. I loved all that. Mm-hmm. I, I thought that that was fine. It's it's just by the time we, we, we get there and we start to meet Dwayne The Rock Johnson, it is like bit after bit after bit uh, of just like shtick, you know, what, like comic, what comic crazy situation. No, like like what shtick. crazy situation can we get them into and what's a funny way to get them out of it? it, it it's, it's very much like that. Um, and, and Jay, I know one of your favorite actors played one of the main villains in this. Oh, uh, which one? Jesse Plemons or Paul Giamatti? Jesse Plemons. Je- so, so yeah, Je- Jesse, Jesse Plemons, uh, plays, Prince Joaquim, or Joaquim, uh, as as he keeps he keeps uh, correcting people, uh, and he is the son of Kaiser Wilhelm. Uh, you know, he's traveling around the Amazon in a fucking submarine with fucking mounted machine guns, taking out this boat that Dwayne the Rock Johnson's on. Uh, it, he's like this constant like looming threat who is after the same artifact that uh, Emily Blunt's character of Lil- of Lily is going after. Also, however, they never say why Jesse Plemons' character wants this thing right we know why 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 lily wants it she wants it because she wants to share it with the world she wants to heal she wants to heal sickness she wants to cure plague she wants to make the you know the polio lame walk again like she wants to she wants to make this discovery and she also wants to be published and she wants to be seen as a credible person uh in the scientific community even though she's been looked down upon by all the men in the scientific community so there's it's a twofold thing but we have no reason why Joaquin wants it but they give a reason why Dwayne the Rock Johnson and Edgar Ramirez, uh, who, who plays who plays the the main bad guy who's cursed uh, from the old conquistadors, uh, Aguirre, uh, you know, we we get an explanation for why they were there in the first place in the Amazon looking for it. So it, it's it's very strange uh, in in the fact that like it it's like they wrote the story on like a napkin. <laughs> 
<laughs> right? And they just forgot to fill out the rest. They forgot to like take each character and give them proper motivation and stuff like that. Also, the way it ends, I won't say how it ends, but like the the uh the, the people, the conquistadors who who were formerly friends of of uh Dwayne the Rock Johnson's character of Frank are like begging him to to not do this to them. It's a fate worse than death. Please don't do this to us. And like they're begging, like please don't. And they do it anyway. It's fucking terrible. What the <laughs> like the way they describe it. It's like it, it's like it's, it's it's eternity spent in in a suspended state and living in our own minds. It's awful. Please don't do this. And they do it to them. <laughs> Jeez. Uh, and Dwayne the Rock Johnson has a ha, he he has a pet uh jaguar. So, oh, that's fun. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he has a pet jaguar. Uh, which I thought was fine. The CGI on the jaguar is terrible because my eyes know what a jaguar is supposed to look like. I can go to Elmwood Park Zoo and I can see I can see jaguars all around that motherfucker. Uh, you know they have they have several of them. And then I was like, oh well, never mind. It's the uncanny valley, like right, like my the it CGI at least CGI for this movie hasn't caught up to the point. Also, they're trying to make the cat more expressive and stuff like that than they're really capable of being to make it a real character in the movie. Anapomorphize it a little bit for kids. Um, look, uh, what the, the the shining thing in Jungle Cruise, the thing that's the best about Jungle Cruise, is the fact that it is punny. Uh, if you've ever gone to Disney like World or Disneyland, punny, or is it like no, 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 no? So if you've ever gone to Disney World or Disneyland, you've ever taken the Jungle Cruise ride. Both of them were were the ride was at each of the parks day and date when they opened. It's like one of the original rides that was ever there. One of the charms of it is that your your guide will go through and they will make awful jokes the whole time. They're they're, they're terrible punny jokes but they hit you and and it, and it just works Dwayne the Rock Johnson's character of Frank does that throughout the entire movie because he's your tour guide on the Jungle Cruise so he's making these jokes it's a nice tie to the ride whereas like if you've been to Disney World you've taken yeah. that ride it's it's the charming part of the ride it it, it it brings it it brings it it brings a little bit of levity to it as well it brings it, it brings the fun to it uh i i i enjoyed that aspect as someone who likes to go to disney world and and really enjoys that type of stuff so uh that that is like it's shining it's shining moment but other than that this is a generic summertime action blockbuster made by disney that is exactly like other generic uh, action blockbusters that came out around it the only difference is I have nostalgia for the original Pirates because uh, I was young when that came out and I loved it. I have nostalgia for The Mummy because I was young when that came out and I loved it then. I'm not going to develop that same level of nostalgia for this. If anything, I'm older, I'm wiser, I'm looking at this, and I went, I've seen all this shit before. Uh, I'm not I'm mm-hmm. not dying to watch it again, but if someone's like, you want to watch this? I'll be like, yeah, it's fine. Yeah, It's a C for Jungle Cruise. Yeah, it sounds about right. That sounds yeah, about right. Yeah. It's 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 not a failing grade or anything like that. It's just like it is what it is. You know, it's, it's, it's just, below average, but like you know, but same time, it it's you know, it it serves its purpose for what I guess they were trying to achieve. You know, they were really oh for sure. They were. I, I it seemed like they did exactly what they were trying to do. Now, I whether so or not too. audiences uh, but, were trying to get behind Jay, it or what not, I, think, I don't know. What I think what they wanted to do though was they wanted to get families out to the theaters to see it but i think you know they 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 took a look at the landscape and they were just like we stand to make more money on this 
if it's going to be released in, in alongside with Disney Plus. And I can't fault them for that, even though we're currently like in the middle of a massive lawsuit between uh, Scarlett Johansson and Disney, uh, where you know Disney is not paying her the basically the back end of the box office. She took a pay cut to make Black Widow for a back end of the box office for a certain percentage. Uh, and she's now not getting that because it was released in theaters and in Disney Plus. Or at least she's not getting the full amount that she would have had it not been released on Disney Plus. Uh, so there's a lawsuit. Uh, here, the, like it, me and Jay didn't do it in news because I think it's 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 a plain and simple answer. This is going to settle out of court for more than likely what the movie was projected at being. Yeah. She'll get paid it by Disney. To. Yeah, and also, and, will- and to be honest, this is also going to uh, spread to Cruella for Emma Stone, potentially yeah. even this movie Jungle Cruise. I mean, like, there's, you know. Yeah. You just, well, this will set the precedence, and yeah. and I think it's very easy because I think Warner Brothers already set the precedence for that lawsuit in the fact that before Wonder it Woman. even got yeah. right before it even got to a lawsuit, Patty Jenkins and Gal Gadot were paid by Warner Brothers uh, what the movie what Wonder Woman two was projected at being at in the theaters. They were just paid by Warner Brothers the back end that they potentially could have gotten if projections were met, and that's it. And I think Gal Gadot is probably happy with that. I think Patty Jenkins oh, is probably happy with that. Oh, I think they definitely that. are, especially with the results. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think it was going to perform a lot that, below, a lot much more I below all, than what their initial expectations were going to be. I think that's what Disney will wind up doing. I think it's also the right thing to do. And it's and and I know I've seen a lot of people getting extremely upset with like Scarlett Johansson, and it's like don't don't get, she signed a contract with one of the biggest companies in the entire world. I understand she's one of the highest paid actresses in the entire world, but what her salary is. It's it pales in comparison to what Disney's is, and I'm not just saying that that she should be paid this because there are big corporations, and big corporations owe people. It's it's not that. It's that a promise, a contract is a promise. It's it's, it's, it's business. It's just business. It's, it is, I it mean, is it really that's all it is. You know, even you, Kevin Foggy's come to her, come to her defense, uh, and and I, I think for Bob Disney Iger, to get like. Bye bye, yeah, Bob Iger can't. Uh, uh, but also, like, I think for Disney to get like real chippy with it, where, where like, and and real fucking petty with them being like, oh, Scarlett Johansson, uh, you know, you know, w- way to really like b- basically stand up during a pandemic and stuff like that, and 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 lampoon us for for doing what's right and what's safe, and it's like that's that'd be great if you could stand on that moral high ground if you didn't release this in theaters and only released it on Disney Plus, but you didn't. You released it in theaters and Disney Plus. You tried to get your cake and you tried to eat it. So, and now you're trying to throw shade, which is even worse because it makes you look worse. If there's a lawsuit, shut your fucking mouth. That's that's corporate. That that's corporate speak. <laughs> if there's a lawsuit, you don't say a fucking word. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I I just I just wanted to touch on that a little bit. Uh, I don't think Toronto Hansen's in the wrong. I think she's going to get the money that's owed to her yep. based on the projections. Yep. I think Disney will happily pay it. And I really. A lot of people are like, "Man, this is gonna like ruin her career with Disney, or it's gonna like." So I don't think so at all. I if it like I don't think movie studios really hold it against actors and actresses for filing lawsuits. You're not gonna people, hear much about this ever again from Disney. No, because no, because because the people making the movies are 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 not are not the execs, right? They're they're not the people at the top. They're not the people that are that that that, that are in charge of the money. They are the people that spend the money that make the movies. So Kevin Feige will go, yeah, we're going to pay Scarlett Johansson another X amount of millions of dollars because we're bringing Black Widow back. That's why we're paying her. Why? Because I think it's needed for the story. Why? Because I make you money. Shut the fuck up and stop asking why and just do it. <laughs> and that's 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 what it comes down yes, to. Sir. Um, I, and, and I and I think that 
that court case, uh, which will which which probably which will probably be in limbo for a little while. But I, I think it's a pro- it might be enough to just like to to, to just make Disney. You know, if there was back end for for Jungle Cruise, I think they're just going to pay it to Dwayne and 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 they're just oh they will pay it no to they Emily will Blunt. they're going to do it. I don't, I don't think they're going to let it get to another. No, nah, no, nah, they're going to they're going to clean up their act now, uh, along with every other studio and star. Um, they're going to just try and do this, you know, behind closed doors because it's just too risky pu- putting it in public. For sure, it's just way too much. So that's going to do it for Super Movie Bros this week. That's been uh, that, that, that. That's also been Hollywood legal speak with Dave and Jay. Uh, <laughs> I don't know why me and Jay always love talking about like this Hollywood legal bullshit. It's it's a ton of fun. Yeah, it's, it, it's, well, it's a ton of fun. You know, it's 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 not the normal shit. You know, and it's also something that we can get a little bit more opinionated on because it's a little bit more off the cuff and a little bit oh different. my god hold on just just to make comparisons to to jungle cruise and and pirates of the caribbean more i'm looking through the quotes because i was trying to find one of the bad jokes frank actually says to lily at one point what, if you believe savvy? in legends you should believe in curses too right which just sounds a whole lot like you better start believing in ghost stories miss swan you're in one <laughs> very good jeffrey rush yeah thank you thank you thank or you. captain barbosa <laughs> should i say uh so so one of the jokes that he says is uh i get paid by the number of people i take out on a jungle cruise not how many people i bring back which is a classic line of a lot of the captains there on the jungle cruise when when you go out on it uh yeah so anyway that's gonna do it for movie bros this week uh don't forget to uh to, to submit more of your favorite movie facts uh over on our hotline which is two six seven five nine zero nine zero four two or record a message and uh email us super movie bros podcast at gmail.com uh if you want to comment on anything we said in the show you can reach out to us on our social medias you can reach me on twitter at super movie pod you can reach me on my instagrams my personal instagram uh it's smb dave over there yep you can also reach me on instagram super movie bros on twitter j underscore smb and facebook Super Movie Bros Podcast. And you best start believing in prolapsed anuses, because you're in one. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what's with me in like prolapsed anus. I just feel like it's like the funniest insult to like tell somebody. <laughs> I don't know why. Uh, so I want to thank all you guys. Oh, wait. I, I, forgot, I forgot some other lines. I forgot, uh, some, other, I forgot some other ads. Yeah, throw them out. Uh, throw them out there. Yeah, throw about that. Uh, so our Charles Park music comes from our good friend Thomas Iannucci. Uh, you can catch all of his music over on Spotify. That's uh, Thomas I A N N U C C I. Find him on Spotify. We are, of course, part of a network. We are part of the Asia Radio Podcasting Network. So you can head over to asiaradio.org. Check us out over there on our page where you get a uh, handy dandy little media player, which will play uh, all the episodes of Super Movie Bros that are available for you. Uh, and you can also check out all the other great shows that are part of the age of radio podcasting network uh you want to catch some of our patreon stuff uh where we probably talk about prolapse day this is a whole lot more Ooh, yeah. <laughs> uh head over to patreon.com slash super movie bros podcast i want to thank all of you guys for listening have a great one cheers cheers, cheers.